Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning into another episode. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and this week I'm thrilled to be joined by Alexa Philippou, who covers women bas- women's basketball for ESPN. Um, Alexis, thank you for joining. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's good to come on and chat some hoops. Yeah. If, if Before we dive into things, um, I wanted to open things up to you to, to let people know where they can find all your work, um, you know, whether it's social media um, or online. So feel free to, to kind of plug that and where people can find all your work. Sure. Well, I guess um, ESPN.com slash, what is it, WNBA um, for the W season. Uh, I'll be having all my work up there. And then on Twitter, my handle is at Alexa Philippou, P-H-I-L-I-P-P-O-U. Uh, so I'll always you know, be tweeting stuff out, whether it's game coverage or stories or just interesting observations or yesterday, uh, it was just freaking out about the Celtics heat game. But usually I do keep it mostly about women's basketball and the WNBA. So that's where you can find me. Yeah, well, good. Thank you. Um, I, well, a couple of weeks ago, I had had Kevin Pelton on, and he was he was phenomenal to 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 talk hoops with. That was right before the start of the season, so it's a little bit of a a different perspective. But he he was great to to have on. And I guess I'm just I'm making the ESPN rounds. I gotta I gotta keep I gotta get Emma Vopel. I gotta I gotta keep, just keep going down the road yes. down the line and get everybody from ESPN. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, it's hard to follow the act of Kevin Pelton. I admire him and just the way his brain thinks. I think we all have a little bit different ways we look at the game. So. Sometimes Pelton will like do some sort of like statistical analysis thing. I'll be like, how did he come up with that? And um, yeah, he's great. So I'm glad to keep the ESPN train going and hopefully I can, um, you know, be a good act to follow him up. (laughs) It is kind of nice to, like you were talking about with, with having a team like that, especially I've noticed I would like the ESPN team of, you know, maybe Kevin does a little bit of a, a, you know, statistical deep dives or, or, you know, maybe, you know, you and M.A. Vopal are doing, you know, kind of different, like maybe feature stories or kind of sort of enterprise stories to, to quote like newspaper um, terms, but it's good to have that, that balance because you offer fans really everything or fans or readers or whatever, everything. So it's, it's a good balance to have. And I know, at least for me, when I work with people like that, I learn stuff myself too, which is, which is kind of cool. So it's. Yeah. Well, Vopal's been around the game for so long that I just learned so much from him hearing his perspective on how the league has evolved or different players or individuals careers throughout the game. So I feel like Vopal's an encyclopedia and help have so much of his own knowledge. And I'm just kind of like the newbie kind of just. (laughs) happy I'm here and trying to take everything in and hopefully I you know provide some interesting insight every now and then but uh they're they're awesome so I'm really fortunate to be able to work with them and be on a team that produces really interesting work hopefully yeah. for readers yeah you guys do do a great job I know I enjoy enjoy all your coverage as, as well as other people's coverage that they they provide with with the WNBA it's, it's a lot of great stuff so thank you for all you do and, and the coverage that you do provide I appreciate that right back at you it's a good space for us all to be in and everyone plays a big part in helping grow the game and um, tell these great stories and mm-hmm. cover these games. So it's yeah, all good. Absolutely. Well, let's dive into a little bit of basketball. Um, we we have about a little over a week um, into the regular season here. Uh, what, I guess, what are your early thoughts on, on the season and, and what we've seen so far in, in kind of a small sample size, but a little over a week. I think it's mostly what we expected. When I actually sat down and thought about it, I thought, 
there's no like big shockers to me. I think it's more so there's some teams that were maybe better than I thought because I wasn't sure what to expect with so many new pieces or with a new coach. And we can get into some of those if you want to, but I think for the most part, it's pretty much kind of the distinctions that I, I had imagined and probably most fans too. Um, I'm not sure how you feel, but it is also really early. So we have no idea. I mean, some of these teams have only played two games. I think has anyone only played one or I think we're all at the point where, yeah, everyone's played at least multiple games. Yeah. So it's weird to see. And we always experience this in the season, but some teams I feel like I've seen four times and other teams have only played twice. So hopefully that'll, Eventually, it's going to even itself out regardless. But uh, I am interested to see how teams continue to develop over the course of the summer. And I'm sure there'll be some more surprises there in our way. Mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of I do agree with that, that, you know, coming into the year, I think a lot of people when it specifically comes for like New York, I think a lot of people expect them just to come in and just be clicking right away. And, you know, even if you have the top talent like that, it still takes time to gel. Um, and I think that it, they've they've hit their stride pretty quickly um, or kind of fixed things pretty quickly. But I think one of those, you know, those first couple games, it was still kind of a learning process for them. Um, so I think, you know, they're obviously just going to continue to to keep getting better. Las Vegas just looks great right now. Um, yeah. You know, Connecticut in uh, what was it oh, Dallas. I mean, they've they've looked, you know, great so far. I mean, I think Connecticut maybe caught me a little bit off guard. Um and now I there's they're a good team, but I didn't think they would look maybe that strong that early against the the, the caliber of teams that they played. But I do agree that I, I think that it's kind of what we what we expected. Um, and I, I don't know, it, it, like you said, it's still early. So it's it's a really small sample size to be analyzing. But um, I think that that this is kind of the theme we're going to see most of the year. So it's it's been fun, though. It, it's been it's good to. Good to have basketball back. There's a there's a lot of high powered, you know, entertaining offenses, and um, you know it, it's been a fun year so far and a fun fun slate of games. And we've we've jumped right into having you know some some big matchups right away. So that's that's been fun to see right away as well. Yeah, no, I would say if I had to pick one team that surprised me the most, it was actually Chicago because mm, yep. I did not think that they would come together and they still have some growing pains but they've relatively come together better than I think a lot of people thought just because they have a almost entirely new roster and even within their team they've had some absences or injuries and so they're not even at full strength and I know they actually had two players get hurt in their last game with Rebecca Gardner and uh, Morgan Birch. So I don't know necessarily how they're going to look next time out because that's really going to hurt their depth. But the fact that they were 2-0 and and then they really – oh, God, what was that game? The game that they almost won – I'm totally blanking. I remember watching it. The third game, they really, like, almost came back and won. And I thought it was – I'll look it up right here. That way I actually – um it was they were playing um Washington mystics. yeah there's mystics so it's a good mystics team or some, a team that we've all been talking about since the beginning of the right. season was going to be good and they really fought back clawed back and it really took that last minute shot from Elena Deladon for uh the mystics to pull away at the end but I thought I did not necessarily expect this guy to look as uh as strong as early as they have. And so once they get healthy, hopefully the injuries that they have aren't anything too serious so that they can 
have their full roster and we can see what this would really look like. But so far, so good. And they've they've shown some real strength on the defensive end and they caused a lot of problems on the, with um, in that game against the Mystics. So mm-hmm. that was something I was not expecting. So credit to them so far for putting together an interesting first week or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do think that, you know, we kind of mentioned um, Washington. I think that Washington's going to be, you know, I, I, when you look at the standings, they, you know, they're kind of middle of the pack right now. It's still obviously very early, but I think that they're going to be a team that's that's going to be right up there in the end, too, with with just, you know, if it now granted it, it you know, it, it lies heavily on if Elena Deladon can stay healthy and she can play like she has been playing for the entire season. If that happens, I think they'll, they're going to be, they're gonna be a talented team that that could maybe make a run at one of those top teams, but it yeah we've we've seen it's we've seen almost every team like have a a strong stretch so far or you've seen you know Chicago start off really strong or Dallas has looked great at moments um, Connecticut has looked dominant um, you know I they all have had their their time so it's 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 gonna be a fun year I I think that maybe this year more than ever where we have. Maybe, you know, those top two teams that people view, you know, Las Vegas, New York, and then it's kind of almost everybody else. And it's it's interesting to now you have the teams at the bottom, <clears throat> Minnesota, um, <laughs> but uh, they it'll be fun to, to, to kind of see those teams battle it out in the middle, I think, this year. Yeah, no, it does feel like that second tier where maybe a lot of people thought the Mystics would be there, potentially the Sun, but now it's like, OK, well. Is Dallas going to be in there? How about Chicago and the Sparks? I mean, I know the Aces totally demolished the Sparks yesterday, but that was a semblance of a Sparks team. Like, we can't act like that was, you know, like the Sparks at full strength by any means because of apparently this illness going around the locker room. So, and they have other players still uh, out due to injury. So, yeah, maybe Sparks, too, could be part of that. I think that second tier could have maybe, like, what is that, five teams I just mentioned? that are going to really make things interesting come the fall and in playoff time. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you could, you could pick, you know, maybe one team that's, that's been at the top for you so far, who, who would be that, that team that stood out the most to you? I feel like you, I feel like obligated to pick the aces because I mean, the way that they've just won games the last week has been, been something that no other team has been able to accomplish but I do feel like they haven't totally played a tough schedule yet not to say that they're not going to be the final team standing in October but they played a storm team that's rebuilding and they played again a semblance of a sparks team so uh I'm and then when they did play the sparks like slightly more healthy that was a little bit more of competitive of a game and they actually were down um for a decent stretch of that um that contest so I am eager to see what a New York aces or even a mystics aces regular season game looks like or or sun aces regular season Mm -hmm. game looks like so I think we still have I don't you know maybe we could still say the aces are the favorites based off just like how they've gone about everything so far it doesn't seem like incorporating their newcomers has been that much of an issue but I do think we have to see how they play against tougher competition and they just haven't, you know, the way the schedule's worked out so far, that hasn't really been something that they've had to wor- worry about. But mm-hmm. it's still the aces. I mean, their right. potential that they've won by is is pretty insane so far. Yeah, they were only, you know, the best team in the WNBA, and then they added the likes of, you know, Candace Parker, which is nothing to scoff at. So, and Alicia <laughs> Clark, like, they, they're they just, they're, oh, man. 
I yeah, they're they're good. Let's say that. Um, is there a team or maybe teams at the bottom that that has surprised you the other way, where you're you're kind of surprised that the they've struggled so far early on? I feel like the teams that have been struggling so far was barely no 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 surprises on my end. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll obviously dive deeper into Minnesota. I thought maybe it wouldn't be quite as, I don't want to say quite as bad, but I thought maybe, it, you know, they, they've had a, a really tough first week. I didn't know if it was going to be like that level. But, um, right. and I think the, the thing when I look at their schedule is like, they have a really tough schedule coming up even. So it's mm-hmm. like, why don't I look at that first one? But um, I don't know if that's necessarily surprising because we have, most of these teams have made it clear that they're either looking ahead towards the future, rebuilding, whatever term you want to use. And then you have a team like maybe Atlanta, who we've just seen two games from them at this point. So it's kind of hard to fully, uh, you know, figure out where they stand. So I don't think any, any major surprises. And then Phoenix, I have been surprised with how great BG has played because mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone expected her to be basically playing like an MVP candidate, but it doesn't seem like they have enough talent around her. Again, they also had some early injuries, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure right now if they have enough talent around her to be able to make a, a serious push. But obviously, then the day they're just great, grateful to have her back into right. the. Yeah, it, it's been been awesome to to see her back and and like you said, to almost just pick up where she left off. Like she did, you know, she's she looks great and it. It's not only good to see her back, but it's good to see the old BG back. And that's, that's great for everybody. So it, I know the, when the Lynx played them the other night that, and now this has been every team in the WNBA who has played them or even just in general, uh, you know, they, they had nothing but, but great things to to say about her. And I know Cheryl Reeve after the game before and after the game had, had talked about how great it is to, to see her back. And now Cheryl said she didn't want her to, you know, be the old BG against Minnesota, but um, you know, it's, I think that that's, you know, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's great to, great to see her back and in the reception that, that she's received too is, is kind of cool. So Definitely. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good to, good to see. Um, what, when it comes to, to your expectations in this kind of feeds off of what we just talked about with, with a team that surprises you or a team that's at the top of the aces, when it comes to to kind of looking ahead and now it's hard to look too far ahead because we're just a week plus into the season, but what are your expectations for what we might see at the end? Do you think it will be Las Vegas, New York kind of duking it out? Or, or do you think there might be a surprise team that gets thrown in there? I feel pretty strongly that New York will still be that team doing it out at the end with the aces. And it's actually really interesting. I was at the Liberty sun game yesterday and seeing the Liberty kind of figure out in real time, how to work together is something that was really interesting because the first half, they, they weren't playing very well at all. And then they come out in the second half and they actually did it mostly in the defensive end. And, and I was really impressed by how their bench made an impact. Kayla Thornton was like plus 19, which was absurd. And maybe she's not scoring the most points or coming away with the most rebounds or steals or whatever, but you couldn't have watched that game and not realized the impact she was made in the defensive end. And then you also have a player like Brianna Stort, who's a great defender and kind of together, they were able to help turn defense into offense and then everything kind of kept rolling from there. And so I think their half court offense will 
only continue to get better, but then also when they're able to get in transition, then watch out because they just have so many weapons. And so I was also left thinking that Niara Saboli looked really good. It was her first WNBA game. I'm interested to see how she can continue to help them out in terms of depth. And then Maureen Johannes is coming back. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this New York team top to top to bottom is going to be the strong. Well, I was about to say the strongest team in the WNBA <laughs> by the time it's all said and done. And then I was like, well, I don't know if I'm quite ready to go that far, but I do feel like the team that we see in New York right now and late May is going to be so different than the team that we see in September and October. And I think there were some people who were like, oh, like why are the Liberty struggling so early? And one thing that people probably take for granted or didn't realize was that Cordy Vandersloot barely played in training camp because she got a concussion. John Paul Jones is coming back from a stress reaction and didn't play a lot in training camp. And she's still not 100%. And even seeing her yesterday, I mean, she was not as impactful as we're we're used to seeing. So I don't expect that to last, assuming that she's able to heal. And then even Brianna Stewart didn't play uh, a good amount of training camp because they were resting her after her overseas season. So they're kind of learning a lot on the fly, it seems like. And I think that that's only going to benefit them longer term when they have more time together and then they have all their pieces. So mm-hmm. I was not, I, I think I said to someone, which might've sounded a little extreme that if uh, the Liberty had started 0 and 5, I would not have been phased. Like I would not have been concerned or like, I would not have thought any differently about what I think they can do in the fall. Maybe that was a little extreme, but anyway, they're, um, are they two and one now or three and one? So they put it two and one. So um, they're starting off in a good, good enough foot. And I think you can see the progression from game to game. So there, um, there was a stretch yesterday during uh, during their game that I th- it might have been like in the second quarter. Um, Sabrina Ionescu was was driving into the lane. She dished out to, to Brianna Stewart for a three. And then uh, there was a timeout called right afterwards. And Brianna Stewart ran by Sandy Brundello. And you could just tell like Sandy looked at her like, OK, like <laughs> we we got this figured out. Like it's, you can just tell like something was clicking. And I think that once that happens, that's going to be very dangerous for everybody else because they, they do match up. I mean, Las Vegas is talented, but they do match up well with, with Las Vegas and being able to kind of counter what they're, they're able to do. Um, So I, I don't know. I, I do think, I think it'll ultimately be the, you know, those two top teams. It's kind of like the the LA uh, Minnesota days back in, you know, the dynasty era of, of the Lynx. But I I think it'll ultimately be those two teams kind of duking it out. And I, I do think it's going to be phenomenal to watch them play in a series, but we're going to want more than, you know, what they, what they have in the series or what they, what they present in the series. But um, yeah, I, I, they're just, they're so good, but I could see, like I said earlier, I could see maybe a Washington, you know, trying to, if, if EDD is able to stay healthy, maybe they, they kind of, you know, slow down somebody and maybe they, they do steal a couple games and, and they come away with the, with a series win and they're able to make a push, but yeah. I don't know. It, it, it'll be fun. I, I, I don't want to already be thinking about playoff basketball because we're, <laughs> I want to enjoy the regular season, but it's, it's, it, it, it's awesome to, to kind of think about that. It's like thinking about March madness. It's you, right. you look forward to it, but. All right. Well, just to uh, add a quick note to what you said, my one concern about Washington right now is I think they need more from their backcourt. Mm-hmm. If they do want to be that surprise team that upends one of these quote unquote super teams, uh, not to say that that can't 
change between now and in the fall, but that's been a pretty glaring weakness so far in terms of, um, you know, just like able to help out Shakira Austin and Elena Deladon by providing something else like, you know, scoring wise. So um, they have people capable of that, certainly in Sykes and, and Cloud and Tolliver. Um, but that, that was like the one thing watching them, you know, the last few games, it gave me a little pause, like, okay, this is going to be like a clear difference of like, whether or not they can reach their ceiling is whether or not those guards step up and are able to hit shots. Cause so far that hasn't really happened consistently for them. So if they do want to be a surprise team that makes a run to the final, and I say surprise, not to shade them or anything, mm-hmm. but because we're all kind of assuming it's going to be these two super teams. Right. So if they do want to make that run, they're going to have to definitely um, get more from the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when it comes to, um, you might have already made this before the season, maybe something during the, you know, the first week kind of changed your mind um, on this. But if when it comes to predictions, do you have maybe one or two kind of quote unquote bold predictions uh, for the year that that you think will happen? I'm not someone who typically likes to give bold predictions because mm-hmm. I'm really boring, to be honest with you. <laughs> so um, I did, I don't know how bold these are, but I I had this like inkling that this could happen. And then after seeing them this past week, I think that this is something I feel comfortable offering as a bold predict- prediction. But my bold prediction would be that the Wings finished top four in the standings. I have been really impressed I will say the thing that could hurt that prediction is that they've had injuries. And so they're not going to get Diamonds and Shields back for a while. And even like Tierra McCowan's um, has been hurt last week a little bit. So maybe the lack of depth comes Mm -hmm. back to hurt them. But I think their offense has been really good, better than expected, because I know Latricia Trammell is considered more of a defensive minded coach. So to me, I was thinking like the more, you know, she gets them to embrace her defensive philosophy, they should only theoretically get better on that end of the floor. And if the offense is already this good, then um, maybe we see them surprise some folks and, you know, they have this big three, maybe big, I guess it could be a big four, um, but Enrique has been playing great mm-hmm. or, I don't know. I need to, it's or her new, she, kind of corrected people with her pronunciation but um r r e k right um i didn't know that I, was yeah, that recent no. you hear well i was gonna say you heard it here first but no oh. so i guess it's not technically here first but yes yeah, it's like um a r e like r like we are it's like oh, r sure. yeah um so she they the wings like tweeted something the other day and i was like oh like uh you know we always want to make sure you pronounce players right. names right. so um anyway she's been doing great um, and I think McCown's going to have a great season. Natasha Howard's like played really well so far. And Sobley, if she can stay healthy, I think it's going to be tremendous. So wings mm-hmm. top four finish would be my bold prediction. I like that. They, they can, I mean, their offense can, can go toe to toe with anybody. They are so fun to watch. Um, yeah. and yeah, they, if they can just kind of, you know, maybe, you know, take advantage and lock down teams defensively, they're, they're dangerous, but Definitely. yeah, no, no, I, I like that. I, I think that, uh, you know, that they're, they're a team, uh, you know, I'm Washington, I mentioned them, you know, they're, they're another team that's like you said, the quote unquote dark horse. Um, that's like, like you said, it's not a knock on them, but everybody is talking about Las Vegas and New York. So it's, you, you do have dark horses behind, behind them when everybody's talking about those two as the favorites. Um, but yeah, I, I 
I like that. I, I think that that they'll be right there in the end. I, I do think Connecticut's kind of the, the oddball and kind of the wild card right now. We don't really know what what's going to happen with Connecticut or how strong they're going to play, or if they're going to continue the strong play. Um, but I, those three will, will probably end up duking it out in the middle for <laughs> most of the year. Right. But, um, when it, when it comes to, to the links, they're, they're not, they're not duking it out in the middle. They're not duking it out anywhere but the bottom right now. Um, what, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on maybe the links that we've seen so far? Um, and you know, the, the kind of the roster that, that ha- is constructed in, in Minnesota and, and what that's resulted in so far. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's hard to to necessarily be surprised just because I felt like it was very clear from the franchise from the get-go that they were not saying this is a year where they were going to contend. This was a year that was dedicated towards looking for the future. So already the expectations were kind of pretty low. And I do feel like in some ways they just have they've had a big problem with putting together a full game because a lot of the time it's like one quarter or like one half where they play really badly and then they are able to change things around and they look fine. They're like most of the rest of the way. And, you know, sometimes they even like make it close at the end, but, or, you know, they, it, it comes down to just like, they weren't able to put together a complete game. So in some ways it's like, okay, well, that means there are stretches where you're seeing the promise, but then there are also stretches where things kind of fall apart. I know they haven't had also the easiest time. They, Obviously, Lindsay Allen wasn't there for a game and Kayla McBride wasn't there for a game. Um, you know, Nafisa Collier is still trying to work her way back. So I think there's a lot of different moving parts of of kind of what's going on. I'm really kind of curious to see how this point guard situation continues to develop or if it just kind of is um, the way it is, because that's kind of been this like running thing with the Lynx for I feel like the last few seasons is there, you know, who's who's playing point guard do they have point mm-hmm. guard? a true point guard on the roster um and how they're able to work around that or if it just is like their achilles heel so um yeah it's it's just kind of an interesting mixed bag but i do feel like if your expectations are really just to try and improve for the long-term growth of the franchise then there's going to be just different goals that you've set and that's not necessarily to be contention but it's going to be you know, how the youth develop. And you know, they also have some interesting decisions to make this off season. So the links that we see now could look different than the links we see next year for all we know. So mm-hmm. um, just some really interesting, you know, thinking about how they were, you know, in the playoffs or even last year, they were really close to making the playoffs. And now it's like very clear that they've entered this new era and um, they're looking ahead and it's not really about, making the playoffs or competing for a championship anymore, but that's what also happens when you lose your hall of famer and Sylvia fouls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it, it. I mean, I, I think you were in the, in the pre um, Cheryl preseason was prior to the season, not preseason availability, but prior to the season, she, she had the league wide had or league had uh, head coaches and uh, you know, meeting with the media before the start of the season. Um, and Cheryl even said in that, she said it all off season. She said it all training camp. She said in that availability that, it's on the, the, the focus is on the future. It's on the long game or their focus is on the long game, building around a piece of Collier. We saw that in the draft. Um, you know, they, they did try to, and Cheryl has, has wanted to do this in the past, swing big and get those big name free agents um, to kind of excel a, a rebuild and a turnaround. They tried this off season um, that, that obviously did not happen, but 
Um, yeah. So I, I mean, it, it's on the future. It's, it's on, you know, people like to, to kind of jump to conclusions with what we've seen with Diamond Miller and Dorka Yuha so far, so far, and just kind of maybe the underwhelming performances that they had, but they're rookies. They, they've only been in the league for three weeks or four weeks. So it's, it's going to take some time and, and we're going to specifically with Diamond Miller, we're going to see a lot of those ups and downs and roller coaster rides with her. Um, and then when it comes to, like you said, with, with Nafisa Collier, you know, I think Cheryl Reeve has, has talked a lot about her needing to be aggressive and just kind of, you know, she is taking on that leadership role, but now take over the team. Like you go, you go out and, you know, kind of take command of, you know, being the leader of the team and, and the go-to target for the team. And, and that's going to take some time too, because she hasn't had to do that yet. Um, so it, it'll be a, a learning process for basically everybody, Cheryl included uh, this season, just to kind of learn about this, this roster. And to your point too, about the the point guard position, I think eventually that's going to end up maybe being Tiffany Mitchell. Um, but I think that, you know, Tiffany Mitchell even said that her and Cheryl talked about it in free agency that it, it, it was maybe like a middle of the season thing. Once she kind of gets, you know, acclimated and kind of gets her feet wet um, and, and gets a little bit you know, more familiar with, with being that, that point guard or that in, offense initiator, cause she hasn't had to do that so far in her career. Um, so I, I think that she'll maybe end up being in that role depending on, um, you know, how Lindsay Allen does, but to your point, it's, it's been ever since Lindsay Whalen, they've been, they've been looking for a Lindsay Whalen and that's not, that's not easy to easy to find, but there's yeah. a lot of moving parts this year. And they're probably, I mean, they're not going to get a Lindsay Whalen this you know, this is like a their Lindsay Whalen is probably still in college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. When when it comes to, you know, let's say the Lynx do finish as maybe a bottom two team or bottom four team, let's say this year. Um, you know, if they do get get one of those those top picks, do you think that, you know, maybe one of those targets of maybe Caitlin Clark or Paige Beckers or, you know, insert somebody else here, um, that's it, gonna be if they all come out, it's going to be a pretty talented draft class next year. Do you think that they end up coming out or maybe staying in, in the college game? Uh, it's really difficult to to answer that because of the influence NIL has now, because I could see a player like Caitlin Clark wanting to stay all five years. She seems like she loves college and loves Iowa and, and, you know, she's making money. So maybe she does want to stay, but then when it comes to Paige also having, covered her in my old job when I was covering UConn. I think that's an interesting difference because she obviously has these two knee injuries that she's coming off of. So maybe that changes her calculus uh, a lot more than maybe it was pre-injury. The idea of her playing in Minnesota, I'm sure would be so exciting for Lynx fans and, and for Minnesota basketball diehards. But I mean, it's really hard to predict that far out in the future just mm -hmm. because we don't know what year these kids are all going to leave. And then, you know, how that impacts where the links are going to finish in the, in the lottery odds and everything. But um, I do think one thing with Paige that I think about is uh, she like wants to win a national title so bad. Obviously I think Kaylin Clark does too, but um, I could see Paige if, 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 you know, her health allows like wanting to stay and maybe until she wins one, but that's, mm -hmm. that's no like inside information. That's just kind of like having watched from afar and, and, and picking up on things that I think matter to her, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, there's, there's a lot of great talent, regardless, not even just talking about those two, you know, guards that 
are going to be in, in these next few draft classes, 2024, 2025, we're already so incredibly hyped about. So I feel like if the links are going to be in that lottery conversation for the next year or two or however long, then they're going to have the opportunity to pick some really great talent um, across the board. I mean, this is just a, um, this could be a really game-changing uh, set of draft classes for the WNBA. And it's kind of a, a good time for, I, I I mean, you don't want to, as an organization, they don't want to be going through this, but it's it's almost a good time to be doing or to you know have this upcoming draft class because you're going to have the the likes of like Ariel Powers and, and Natalie Chano, you're going to have their contracts off the books next year. So they can start to kind of, you know, get those contracts if they want to get them off the books or get them cheaper than what they're at right now. And then kind of, you know, moving forward, kind of, you know, replenish that with a little bit of, of cheaper contracts and then maybe look out into free agency and, and bring in somebody else. So it it's almost a good timing for it to happen. Um, I know the Lynx do have an end goal and, and they're not going to they're gonna, not going to publicly say that, but um, they they have it all figured out. I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty confident in that, as as every franchise thinks they do to having a plan and, and think they have it figured out. But it it makes sense. I mean, it. it you're going to have a down year to, to kind of take a step back and kind of take inventory and, and kind of analyze everything. This is a good year to do it. Um, especially after coming off of, you know, missing a playoffs last year and helps you obviously helps your lottery odds with, with the two year um, you know, the two year record total. So it it's, that's one thing I think a lot of people forget about is it's not just how you do one year, it's how you do over two years. Um, so that's, that's another thing to, to look at when, when we're looking at the lottery, but I, I do think too that like when it when it comes to Paige and um, Caitlin, I, I maybe more so Paige. I could almost see it if if she's on the fence, seeing someone like a Minnesota or seeing a you know a team like Minnesota being right at the top. I mean, let's say Minnesota wins the lottery or something like that, having them be the top team that could maybe persuade her a little bit. Let's say if she does have a good year at UConn, maybe they do win the title. You know, maybe she's ready to make that jump. I could see that maybe pushing her a little bit, just with that tie, but. I don't know. It like you said, the NIL kind of throws throws another you know loop into to everything or another hurdle into into the whole situation. So it's it's really hard to tell because they could make more money in in college probably or or make it for make you know take advantage of that time and then come into the WNBA and make 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 more money. But it it it'll be interesting. I I don't know. It, it's a, it's a good year to have a bad year. Let's let's maybe say that. But. Uh, for for more than just Minnesota, some other teams I know that are down there as well that that would have the same goal. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. Um, kind of going back to to the Nafisa Collier, um, you know, stuff that we we had talked about with with her being a leader. Um, you know, how do you think that she'll she'll take over being the new face of this team and just kind of you know taking over that that leadership role? being the face of the team and being the best player player on the team, um, you know, kind of that whole package. Yeah. Well, I think, I think she's, this has been the expectation for so long, basically since her breakout rookie year that it was going to be her, that was going to be the next face once silver tired. So it's not like maybe some other, okay. Not to necessarily, I don't know if they're a great comparison, but like Jewel Lloyd, it, it was a little bit more like, oh, well, Stewie's gone. So it's Jules' team and Clea Copper. We didn't know that Chicago was going to lose all their other key pieces like they did. But I think the writing was on the wall a lot more with Nafisa. So it's something that 
they've all very intentionally discussed and worked on and, and she's been able to kind of process for for years now. And I do think the fact that she's coming off of barely having played last year and having this life-changing year with becoming a mother. And then she comes back. And I think one thing that we didn't really touch on yet, I think, is that there's a new offensive system. She's asked to be doing different things, playing more on the perimeter than she was before. Um, and everything changes now that Sill's not there both on both ends, on offense and defensively. So the fact that they're doing this more like spread and attack offense is something that she, and then she's, you know, spearheading, you know, it from a, a basketball standpoint, being relied on it to, as a scorer and as like the go-to option, but then also, you know, from a leadership perspective, I do think that all just is going to take time. And so it, it's like a weird balance though. Cause like we have maybe kind of low expectations for the team, but we have high expectations or the franchise even has high expectations for Nafisa. So I think there is like a middle ground where, they'll be able to figure out, you know, this is a, there are ways to kind of move this forward. So I feel like at the end of this year, if she's able to kind of take a step forward in both her game, kind of get more comfortable after having missed all that time and then taking those steps as a leader and then kind of bring along some of those other pieces that are going to be part of this uh, quote unquote rebuild for the links longer term, then I think that would be kind of a successful year. But I just think it's going to take a little bit more time given the basketball changes, given the fact that Nafisa didn't really play like we should basically throw out last year she played mm-hmm. four games four at the games, yeah. end of the season so um I do feel like she knows what it's going to take but it's just a it's a, a little bit of a learning curve um and we'll we'll be able to assess it better at the end of the season or in a few mm-hmm. months but um it's Cheryl you know she makes it clear where you stand with her I feel like and uh she's made it clear this whole time that Nafisa is who they see as as the you know the person that the baton has been passed to and that it's on her to to really lead this team moving forward and um it's interesting timing just because of the fact that she didn't play last year basically but um I think Nafisa is ready to take up that mantle Mm -hmm. it's almost kind of the same thing with with Sylvia Falls now Syl was in maybe a little bit of an advanced portion of her career than what what Nafisa is right now um, but you know, still when, when all of those, you know, other veterans from the, the dynasty team, when they left, Cheryl said it's, it's on Sill. like this is Sill's team. And she admitted that she's never had to be that leader because, well, when she came to Minnesota, she was kind of the fifth option. Well, not, not necessarily the fifth option, but you know what I mean? Like when it came to the leadership and it, so she, it, you know, it took some time for her to kind of get into that role. And then once, you know, right before she retired or that last season, um, you know, everybody talked about how great of a leader she was and in, in kind of, you know, stepping into that role. So I, th- I think it'll be kind of similar to, to Fee. It might take a year to, to, you know, kind of establish that and really kind of learn how to do that and how to be a leader and vocal leader and just lead by example and, and everything um, that comes, comes in that regard. But um, you know, I, I, I do believe that, you know, with, you know, she had, you know, the, the first two games of the year, she had, you know, a strong, strong year and then, or strong performances. And then in the third game, um, against Phoenix, you know, she kind of took a step back and Cheryl said after the game, like that can't happen. Like she needs to be more aggressive and she needs to you know be more assertive. And, and that's part of the, the learning curve. Like there's, there's no not nights off for, for a leader, for the best player of the team. You have that pressure constantly. And, um, it's it's going to be a going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but 
um like like the whole team this year it's it's going to be a learning process and it'll be up and down so um it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to follow but yeah one thing that i i saw that quote from cheryl and it kind of just reminded me and i'm sure it's not this is not like super novel thinking but it reminded me of how gino oriyama talks about his leaders on his teams where like when you're the leader and you're the go-to like the best player like you cannot have an off night Mm -hmm. any night like the buck stop starts with stops with you so and nafisa played that role uh for a lot of those uconn teams and so i do feel like in theory that should should prepare her even though it is a different level and the demands of a pro are different obviously than college but she has been in that role before collegiately. And so it's something that, um, that maybe that can help her navigate it too. Yeah. That, that is something that, that Cheryl even said during training camp when like one of the first days of training camp, she was asked about, you know, fee taking over that leadership role. And, and she's like, fee's always there for us on the court, but now it, there's no off days as a leader either. She said, there's no, you can't be here one day being a leader and then not be here the next day. So it's, it's kind of that same like you said, that same mentality and that same style of coaching that that both of them have, and that's why they're they're two of the best to ever do it. So it's it yeah, I I think that it'll it'll end up you know happening, and I you know Fee feels comfortable too. I think in this off season or in this offense, um, in the schemes that that Minnesota runs for maybe the first time in her career, it's it's kind of similar to what you know she talked about what what she ran in college. So she she's comfortable now. Now it's about kind of everything else following with it. So it it it'll it'll come it it's just like i said it, it'll be a little bit of a learning process for everybody um what when it does come to to the links this season what what do you what do you think that that will end up happening with with minnesota do you do you believe that they probably will be maybe around what they did last year maybe back in the lottery what what are your expectations for for the links yeah i would say at this point i feel like expectations would be that they miss the playoffs but i feel like the best case scenario is that Nafisa steps up as the leader that the organization wants her to be. They're able to get some really um, great growth from the rookies, especially Diamond Miller. I don't really subscribe to the whole like overreaction, overreaction about rookies struggling in like their first week of the pros or even their first season, but I definitely would not really read that much into them struggling in their first week. So I feel like maybe diamond will get her feet under her more as the season goes on and she could have a really strong end to her um, rookie campaign, but, and then they're, they're going to just have to figure out based off this season and also looking ahead who makes sense to try and bring back. Cause they, as you mentioned, they have so many different free agents that they can either pursue keeping or, you know, resigning in some capacity or moving on from. So you know, Kayla McBride and, and Powers and Achanwa. Um, that's a lot of you know decisions to make. I guess Achanwa, you know, with her maternity um, leave is kind of a different situation, but um, they have a ton of free agents. So they're going to just have to figure out based off of what they see from this year and what they've seen for the last few years, who makes sense to bring back. So I feel like it will be both a bit of a, a learning process um, that they could use this year, but then also, um, getting some growth from the players that they expect will be back long-term. And then they'll see what happens, you know, with the, you know, with the draft either way. But um, I really do feel like it's all about growth in the future for them. And they've come out and said it, this is not something that's, you know, shockingly, you know, new to say or, or breaking news, but um, yeah, I, I think if they can 
I think the end goal though is like you, even if you aren't a team that's going to make the playoffs, you still don't want to be an easy out. So as long as they're, you know, the links are still competing and giving teams a tough go, I'm sure that would be um, something that, you know, Cheryl would want as opposed to just being a team that people can roll over easily. But right. um, yeah, I think her teams, you know, even last year we saw like, if things come together kind of later on, then they have that capacity to do that and, and play higher to their ceiling um, as they kind of get their um, their groove going. I feel like this offseason was was one that it laid the foundation for, you know, those those pieces that, you know, Diamond Miller and Nafisa Collier and, and how they want to shape the the team. Next year is going to be the year where it's going to be the the you know it, that those decisions and that foundation, it's you start to branch off of it and start to build up now. Um, yeah. you know, just because it, it will be a big, you know, decision-making off season and how they want to, prog- you know, progress as a franchise moving forward. Um, so they're, they're still kind of in that in between right now where they have those contracts, they maybe want to get rid of them. They can't until the end of the year. So it's, you, you got to just kind of wait it out and, and, and develop the pieces you have. And, and then next year kind of really take a fine tooth comb and, and figure out what you want to do with, with the whole roster. But Hopefully we, uh, at that time, we have maybe a couple teams that are going to be announced that are potentially going to be uh, included in expansion, maybe roster expansions. I, I Wishful thinking. but <laughs> We'll have to see. Uh, I have almost no expectations because I feel like yeah. we have expectations um, <laughs> for what that looks like and uh, it, it might not necessarily work out. So yeah. we shall we- see. We've been given dates and expectations in the past, and those have been just pushed off. So yes. <laughs> we'll just wait. <laughs> well, yeah, they'll announce it one day, and we're like, "Oh, it's actually happening." <laughs> right, right. Uh, I so to end each podcast, I've I've typically thrown just kind of a couple random like rapid fire questions at people. So is, if, is that okay if I maybe just throw a couple your way? Yeah, sure. All right. Hopefully, I'll keep my responses rapid. Yeah. Hey, that, well, it, they don't have to be rapid, but it, okay. you can you can go as long as you want. Um, when it comes to MVP, who do you think will be MVP by the end of the season? I guess I'll go with my um, my preseason prediction was Brianna Stewart, and I, I struggled with this because I don't know if I fully believe a quote unquote super team. Like, is if it's a true super team, is there really one clear person who's the MVP? But I feel like regardless of that philosophical argument, the way that MVP voting typically breaks down is that it's the best, um, it's like the best player on the best team in the league, like standings wise. So um, I kind of deduced based off that, that, you know, in my mind, I thought the Liberty might end up the best record and then Brianna Stewart would be the best player on the, on that team. And so far that looks pretty good. You know, she scored 45 points and yesterday, she almost had like a, you know, 5.5 block, five steal, five assists, five rebound game, five, five and five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll stick with that. But the aces might have something to say about that. <laughs> but also it's like hard because, you know, one night for them, it's Jackie Young that's going off. Another night, right. Deja Wilson and, you know, Chelsea Gray and, uh, and you know, Candace is on there. Like they have, and Kelsey Plum, like they have so many different weapons too. So that one is, it's like. That one's even harder. I feel like the Liberty so far, a lot of it's funneled through Stewie, but mm-hmm. that could change. So um, mm-hmm. I'll, my very long answer to a rapid fire question. That, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. 
Um, when it comes to your surprise this season, whether it's player, coach, team, whatever that may be, is it Chicago, like, like you mentioned, or uh, you mentioned earlier, or what What kind of do you think will be your surprise that nobody expected by the end of the year? So I guess to kind of touch on something we haven't talked about yet, I I kind of put in put this in my preseason predictions that I thought Shakira Austin could be an all-star this year. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like convinced of that. I mean, I think she's playing great and that progression from year one to year two has been really noticeable. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's really that surprising, like given what we've seen so far in the season. I said, I thought Alicia Gray would get it all-star because um, she should have gotten it last year, in my opinion. And then I said, maybe, you know, Shakira Austin and Melissa Smith could too. But yeah, the way Shakira's played so far, it's like, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. she's been so like tremendous offensively and obviously her defense has always been good. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that counts, but I'll, I'll go with yeah. that. Oh, I like it. I like it. What, uh, what, what's your favorite memory or moment that, that you've had while covering women's basketball, whether it's, you know, just college game, WNBA, anything, what's, what's your favorite memory that, that kind of stands out to you? If you yeah. have just one. Oh man, that is, okay. So probably <laughs> Well, okay, so the Iowa-South Carolina game, Mm. I wasn't really – so I was covering the LSU-Virginia Tech game, so it was a little bit different because I was, like, finishing up writing about that. I wasn't, like, as hands-on covering Iowa-South Carolina, but, like, that was just, like, such a crazy experience of – I had, like – I did not think Iowa was going to win at all. Like, I I was so convinced South Carolina was going to win the whole thing. So just – and to be there in Dallas with the crowd and everything and to see that happen in real time was like, it was kind of surreal, but I don't know. I mean, that was like something I'll probably never forget, Mm -hmm. but I also, and then I did, I did cover, I was in at the Seattle regional when Caitlin Clark had her 40 point triple double that, that was pretty like, that's another thing I'll probably like not forget because that was like literally history. And then, um, was this last year, the NC State UConn game that went to was it double overtime? And like, that was just one of the best games I've ever like covered live with the atmosphere and everything. That was at Bridgeport. Um, and yeah, that was, that was pretty, that was a pretty incredible game too. So, um, and then, yeah, like, I don't know, there's been a lot. So yeah. I, I didn't really fix, fixate on one, but um, and then even honestly to see, I wasn't, I w- unfortunately didn't get to see the end of the WNBA finals because I was in Australia for the world cup, but, um, I bet, you know, when the aces won up, you know, that was, I wish I could have seen that live too. I love being able to see, you know, the champ, you know, champions be crowned live. So like right. LSU seeing that this year, last year was cool. South Carolina, like how meaningful it was for them to finally win after, you know, being so close the year before, like that was really cool experience to see and, and, um okay well this is really you know dragging on now this answer but like <laughs> no, that's talked, all great I talked with Candace Parker um I think it was like before she had that mo- that moment with Aaliyah Boston like in the crowd and like or maybe it was I can't remember if it was before or afterward but yeah there's like little moments like that and yeah uh, I just love like you know it's always tough to see like the losing team in that moment of defeat, but then, you know, the crowning achievement for the winning team. So there's been, I've been really lucky. I've been covering, I've been able to cover some, Oh, the world cup would be, that'd be a good one too. Like the USA winning. So 
five, but um, yeah, I've been lucky to see some great basketball live. That's awesome. Be able to cover some good stuff like that. Oh, those are great. That's that's awesome. Those those moments are always always fun. Just to like you said, it's tough to see the losing team, but it's it's even better. Maybe I don't know if that sounds weird, but better to see the the winning team. Not only the arena, the fans, you know, just families. Everybody's so happy, and um, it's 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 fun. And and especially the celebratory. If you join a celebratory, you know, like after the game, if you go into the locker room, that those moments yeah. are just just talking to people in that, in that atmosphere is, is gold, especially when you're, when you're a writer, that's, that's where you get a lot of great stuff, but um, yeah, that, that, no, that's really cool, but no, that, that was perfect. That's, that's all I had for random questions. So that, that was, I guess maybe they're not so much rapid fire. They're just kind of random questions, but yeah. I call them rapid fire questions and whatever. I don't know. It, it, it's always cool to, to hear different perspectives and different experiences from people and in, in, in that space, but well, cool. Um, Alexa, thank you for, for joining. That's, that's really all I had had for you. I, I appreciate you joining and, and talking about all things, you know, college basketball, WMEA, Minnesota Lynx, um, a great conversation and, and I enjoyed having you on. So thank you very much for joining. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And I'm sure we can chat more in the coming uh, years, probably as we see this organization, take on a, a new chapter and um you know like you said like they know they're an organization that prides itself on its championship standards so I don't have any um I would not be concerned if I'm a Lynx fan that they're not gonna you know be back and um be a really great team um it just might take some time but some that that's what these things do they do take time but mm-hmm. they're not a team that's gonna languish and you know missing the playoffs or anything like that. So I do feel like Lynx fans uh, waited out and you're probably be in good shape in the coming years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll have plenty to talk about then. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, we'll have to uh, circle back and see how right or wrong we were in, in yes. maybe it'll, in a little while. So well, once again, thank you. Um, enjoy the rest of the basketball season. And, and thanks again for all your coverage and, and looking forward to more to come. Yeah, right back at you. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Hitting the Hardwood. I also want to give a thank you to Alexa for joining the podcast this week. Um, It was great talking to her about all things, um, you know, WNBA. And um, now that we're we're underway with the new season, it was great hearing her insight. And I thank her for taking the time out of her busy schedule to to join me on the podcast this week. Um, As I do every week, I want to give a shout out to the man behind the scenes, Jeremy Rushing, for producing this podcast and making sure uh, I don't sound like a, a... a crazier person than I actually am. Um, I also want to want to uh, ask you to, if you are able to, um, please support this podcast, support Hitting the Hardwood, um, by visiting patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. Um, that's where you can find a lot of the exclusive perks and much more for, um, for being part of our Patreon community. Um, you know, one of the, the, the things I try and offer to our patrons is exclusive stuff that they aren't going to find anywhere else exclusive information exclusive stories exclusive reactions um, news information um, that you won't see anywhere else in my my stories and in all my content that i produce uh, to everywhere else um, so if you could please check that check that out that's once again patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood um, i also want to give two shout outs to our partners homage and better edge um, Homage has a lot of great vintage gear that you can get, um, a lot of clothing that, that I wear regularly, um, whether it's Minnesota Lynx gear, WNBA gear, anything else really. Uh, they have a lot of really cool vintage um, gear, 
Um, you know, even stuff as, as I don't want to say basic, but kind of basic as a, a Lynx logo tee, which is one of my favorite tees that I actually own right now, and I'm actually wearing it right now. Um, extremely comfy, and I, and I, I really love it. Um, and then the other one is Better Edge. Um, please go check out betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. Um, you can come compete against myself. You can come compete against others. Um, you know, anything from, you know, a dollar to, to however much you want to bet, you can come join pick'em leagues, you can join wager leagues, you can, you can join a lot of stuff. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Um, it, I've, I've enjoyed it, um, not only this season, but in years past. Um, so please go check that out. And if you uh, do want to check out Better Edge, please visit betteredge.com forward slash links. And that is where you'll get a free $20 to play with. Um, so, it's, I mean, you can't afford not to. So, so go check them out, B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com. That's betteredge.com. Once again, um, I want to thank you all for, for joining the podcast. Uh, a lot of great stuff that, that was talked throughout this podcast and, and more to come. I'm really excited about another guest that I have coming up next week um, and, and some more guests here in the future. So once again, thank you, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.